0: Hey everybody, welcome back to 9-4 Radio. I'm Sarah, I am your host, and I'm the founder of 9-4 Coaching. And I help people challenge their own beliefs and realize big goals using fitness, breathwork, and the great outdoors. Today I want to talk about breathwork and specifically the CO2 tolerance test. And if you've been following me on social medias, and following me on the podcast, breathwork has really started to come to the forefront of the things that I'm talking about, and I'm super excited. And I'm sure you can hear the passion in my voice. I haven't always been very clear with communicating and an understanding of the CO2 tolerance test. It um, it is. The actual gateway it's it 's the thing that I use to assess uh, whether or not utilizing breathwork is something that we should be doing when i 'm working with people and it's um, it's that first assessment it 's super easy it 's that first step into um, giving people a tool for self like self awareness and I want to provide Another level of understanding why it's important. And so I have an analogy. So I, I'm a big fan of analogies. And I hope that it will make more it'll, it'll make the CO2 tolerance test make more sense. And the benefits. Will be a lot more tangible i'm looking for tangible like understanding that's 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 my goal that's those are the things that i'm trying to pursue, especially with podcasts and uh and like resources because i don't know about you i don't like reading sciencey things. I like it when people break it down for me so I want to break the CO2 tolerance test down for you in a little bit better way to understand it. So let's consider that breathing is like digestion. So the more CO2... You have in your body, the more carbon dioxide you have in your body, the more, um, the better your digestion. So, and the better your digestion, the more you can like take nutrients and energy out of the food that you eat. Right? So, so having, having CO2 is like having good digestion or having good CO2 tolerance is like having good digestion and consider air is like food. So we've been, by and large, living with poor digestion. So we don't get the most out of the food that we eat. So you can eat like a normal, like the food that you eat could be, should be able to sustain you, right? but because you're not absorbing the nutrients and you're not getting the energy and it's just going through your system and and coming out coming out faster than it should you're not you're not getting all of the benefits of eating you need more food to get it right so let's say you're eating um You're you're eating a standard American diet and you're actually getting 15% of the nutrients and energy that you should be getting from that hamburger. Well, if if that's the case, then maybe you got to eat like three or four more hamburgers just to get like that baseline nutrients in your body right to feel to feel energized well that costs more money and that makes you gain weight and if you could get to a point like let's say we were and actually the thing that like is probably the worst is that you feel like you should be you should be feeling better. So that's that's the one thing we don't talk about is I'm I'm doing all of these things. Man, I'm eating all day every day and I'm not getting I'm still energy deficient. I'm still nutrient deficient. I still don't feel good. Like I'm eating more and it's running right through my system and it's coming out and I'm not I'm not feeling better at all, so then you just continue to, like, eat. And the more you eat, the more nutrient-deficient you are. And, like... Of course that's going to make you feel like a broken person. It's the same thing when it comes to breathing. So let's just say that you have... um, a low CO2 tolerance, right? So you're taking in... We're, we're taking in oxygen. We're, just, we're breathing normally. But because we don't have a lot of CO2, our, our body just isn't adapted to tolerate CO2 in our system. We're not... Our, our blood isn't nearly as enriched. It's not flowing like it should. We're taking in a lot of oxygen... But we're not using it. So then what do you do? You have this low-grade air hunger. And that's... That messes with our psychology, right? That feeling... Because breathing, like, we can last, I don't know, three minutes without air, unless you're like David Blaine. So with this like chronic air hunger, what do we do, right? Um, let's say you have like sinus inflammation or you get sinus, like, sinus infections all the time. Uh, your breathing mechanics change. No one likes to feel that air hunger, that panic. So then what do we do? We start to breathe through our mouths a little bit more. and then we can't breathe through our nose and then when the time comes to, like we're using up all of our all of our like hacks to get more air into our system instead of addressing instead of being able to address the problem which is working on getting working on like adapting to be able to tolerate more CO2. Instead of working on our digestion so that we can absorb more of the nutrients that we're already eating, we're just trying to put more food in. Same thing. Instead of trying to work on absorbing and using the, the CO2 we already have, We're trying to find ways to get more oxygen in our body. Well, there comes a point in time where you can't put more oxygen in your body short of going on oxygen. Right? So let's imagine that when you're just sitting down right when you're just when you're when you're sitting down watching tv you're breathing through your mouth right and that is literally taking the most oxygen into your body it's also offloading the most oxygen but we don't need to know we like we kind of don't care about that right now so if you're already breathing through your mouth when you're sitting how are you breathing when you have to go up a flight of stairs Maybe you're breathing like harder, right, through your mouth. Okay. Well, let's say you had to run half a block. You had to run hundred meters. Uh, something was happening. Say the fire alarm went out in your uh, in your apartment building, and you had to get out. You had to, and it was the middle of the night. You had to get out of bed. And you had to get out of your fourth floor apartment. And you can't use the elevators because there is potentially a fire. What are you going to use to get more oxygen if you already have to breathe through your mouth heavily to walk up one flight of stairs? you got to go down four flights of stairs. Are you going to get lightheaded? Probably. That's why it's so important to do this. That's why it's um it doesn't feel good to like take a CO2 tolerance test and be like, "Oh, cool. I did not do well in that." And it might seem like hiking up Mount Everest to get better. I'm here to tell you that it's not going to take as long as you think it's going to take. And it's not going to be as uncomfortable as you think it's going to be. Right? So what do I mean by that? I've worked with people who have been able to hold their breath or like have, hold an exhale for between 12 and 15 seconds. And who haven't breathed through their nose in literally decades because they had a lot of sinus infections when they were a kid. Um, They have a deviated septum. Um, They they have a lot of inflammation in their their nasal cavities or whatever, right? I've literally worked with people who are in that 12 to 15 second... CO2 tolerance test range within a month, they have doubled it. They've doubled their CO2 tolerance. Now going from 10 to 15 to 20 and 30, that is an infinite leap. That is an infinite leap. Yeah, you got a, you got a ways to go. That's an infinite leap. If you can go from 20 to 30 up to, or 12 to 15, up to 20 or 30 or 35, guess what you're not doing? You're not going on oxygen anytime soon. Guess what else you're not doing? You're not blowing up at your dog because you're so incredibly stressed all the time. And you're not feeling like a broken person because this is one more assessment that Sarah has for me that I'm garbage at right? Nobody likes to, like, I I really do my best to frame these evaluations or these assessments or whatever we want to call them. It's the only way we're going to know where we're at. And like, these are these assessments of truth and honesty. And once we know where we are, we know what we need to work on to get out of that, right? And that's why I work on the lowest hanging fruit, because it's going to take so little time to start seeing life-changing progress. And that, that's, that's why breathwork is so important to me also because, like I said at the beginning, most of society, by and large, is going to do poorly on the CO2 tolerance test. It's common for people to be bad at it. It's common for people to be below average or below normal. Like average, unfortunately, is is like if you're taking the average of society, like most of us are not doing very well, right? And like I was 100% one of them five years ago. I've just, I have time under my belt. And guess what? i it took me five years because I didn't have a coach. I didn't have any of this knowledge. Now that I do, holy smokes. Like, we are, we're cooking with jet fuel, right? And that's the important thing about this breath work. That's the important thing about the CO2 test. That's, that's how it becomes life-changing, right? Is you get better, your body adapts to being more efficient and the more efficient our bodies are the less outside things we need for it and then that just opens your whole like then that that's a whole nother podcast that's a whole nother episode we talk about the things that we don't need anymore right so co2 tolerance test do it Find it, uh, hit me up, 9.4.coaching, all spelled out, at gmail.com. I will send you the uh, the link to, to that test, uh, and then we can start making meaningful progress. So, we'll catch you next time. Thanks.